Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And I'm moving some good old gospel this morning. <laughs> Lord. This is Russell White singing Blessed Assurance. He is amazing. I love his covers. Oh, he just takes me all the way back to the roots. My God. Echoes of mercy with echoes of mercy and whispers of love. Lord Jesus, this song is so beautiful. get started in just a few minutes. Glory to God. Lord God, we just thank you, Father God, for life this morning, Father. We thank you for waking us up in our right minds, Lord God. Another reset of time for today, Lord God. We honor you in this day, Lord God. We lift your name on high in today, Lord God. You are amazing, Lord God. You are wonderful. You are ruler. You are king of kings and lord of lords, Lord God. You are alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. God, our day starts with you finishes with you, Lord God. The earth is yours, Lord God, in the fullness thereof, Lord God. We lift praises to your holy name on this morning, Lord God. We pray that you will inhabit every praise of your people, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, be ye lifted up, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for this day, Father God. You have commanded, Father, that we, that we have joy, Lord God, and be glad in it, Lord God, for this is the day that you have made, God. So we honor you, Lord God, and we honor your command, Lord God, to have gladness, God, in this day, Father God, because our joy is rooted in you, Father God. That is where we find our strength, God. So we just thank you now. We honor you now. We give you the glory, honor, and the praise for this moment, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that you will hover over this space, Lord God. Father God, that you be lifted up in this time, Lord God. I decrease that your spirit, Father, increases in me, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that I will speak, Lord God, that which you have told me to say, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we come against all distractions, Lord God, whether it be thoughts, Lord God, interruptions, Lord God, anything, Lord God, that may be a setup or obstacle or plan from the enemy, God. We come against it now. We raise the standard now against it. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord God, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk um, this morning. Good morning, Kizzy. I want to talk this morning about, listen, slick suggestions of temptation. And I like to call it slick suggestions is because that's the way that they come. 
They are very slick. They are very subtle. They're very um, just timed perfectly, just slick. The enemy been slick since the beginning, and he's still slick. Now, now he is a mastermind of manipulation. As a matter of fact, he caused the, us to fall because of his his uh, mastermind and craftiness of manipulation, right? And his main MO is to um, to tempt you to go against the will of God, to do things contrary um, to what God wants and desires for us um, in our lives, right? So 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says this, that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So first we need to understand that God will not allow us to be uh, tempted more than we can bear. And that mainly temptation is common. Temptation is common to men. There is no temptation um, going on in the world that has not been already here before, right? These are common things that everybody experiences. We may not experience the same types of temptations, but we all go through temptation. There is a battle that goes on on the inside of us. And guess what? That battle did not start until you said yes to Christ. The battle didn't start until you said, Lord, I decide to walk after you and follow after your ways. That is when the battle started. We see that with Paul. He said, that which I want to do, I don't do. And that which I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. I realize there is sin presently living on the inside of me, right? And the reason we were given the Holy Spirit is so that there will be and should be a battle on the inside of you between your flesh and the spirit. So that the, like the Bible says, we, so that we don't do what we want to do. Okay. So like the, the Holy Spirit is our, our referee against our flesh. He blows the whistle when we are going contrary than the way that God wants us to go. Okay. So we need to understand that temptations are common. And guess what? Temptations from the enemy, because he's so slick, right? That he's he's so strategic. He's very strategic in his tactics. He's very strategic. The Bible says, even in, in the last days, that the very elect will be deceived. That's how much of a mastermind that this dude is, that the very elect, those who have been walking with Christ for years, their whole life, the Bible says that they will be deceived. That's how evil this person is. According to DesiringGod.org, common to man temptations are the most dangerous and they are the most dangerous temptations we face. Now, these are the common ones, Okay. Because they're aimed, listen to this, at, we, at the areas where we are the weakest. Let me say that again. Common to man temptations are the most dangerous and they are the, the most dangerous temptations we face because they are strategically aimed toward our weaknesses. Okay. This is the area where Satan's strategy is developed, okay? 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober, meaning to be well-balanced and self-disciplined. Remember, God said he gave us power, love, and a sound mind, which is self-disciplined. So 1 Peter 5 and 8 says to be sober, which means be well-balanced and self-disciplined. And be alert, meaning cautious at all times. The enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. So he prays, pay attention now, he's strategic. He know what he's doing, he know who he's looking for. He prays on those who are imbalanced, lack discipline, distracted, preoccupied, or even idle. 
You remember a long time ago, our parents would say the idle mind is a devil's workshop. Well, that's really the truth. Because if you're not on an, on, on an assignment, then that means that you're idle. So that's you're an easy target for him to just come and throw thoughts your way. Listen, the thoughts that we have, we don't make up our thoughts. Thoughts come to us. We only decide which thoughts that we entertain and which thoughts that we cast down. We don't create our own thoughts. But listen, those thoughts are derived um, through by the enemy sometimes because he studies us. There are is a thing called um, spirits that are called monitoring spirits. And these spirits, they their only assignment is to watch you. And they, they've been watching you your whole life. They know the areas where you struggle. They know where you keep falling in temptation. They know um, where to hit you, right? That you're going to fall because they've already taken a report of each time that you fail because of temptation. This dude is a strategist. He is a mastermind and you cannot out slick the devil unless you have God. It's no way. He is strategic in who he is looking for. So I'm going to say it again. He's looking for those are, who are in balance, who lack discipline, those who are inattentive, distracted preoccupied idle and guess what those who are asleep those who are asleep meaning unaware okay we need to know also too that temptations are tailored okay they are tailored fitting for the individual remember he roams around seeking who he can devour okay so we need to know that temptations are tailored to fit the individual okay James 1 and 14 says, you are tempted by evil things you want. Your own desire leads you away and traps you. Your own evil desires lead you away and trap you. Evil desires are desires that are contrary to the desires that the Lord has given to you. Okay? Desires that do not glorify God. Desires that only gratify self. Those are evil desires. Meaning fleshly desires. Natural tendencies that we all have. Everybody. Okay? Have you ever considered... The earthly things that are to end in your life when you follow Christ. The list includes sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. That is Colossians 3 and 5. It says also get rid of anger, rage, malice, slander. And filthy language from your lips. That is Colossians 3 and 8. Okay? Lying must not go on. That is Colossians 3 and 9. So these are all the evil desires of the flesh. Those automatic tendencies that we have. Because the Bible says that we are shaped in iniquity. Meaning we were raised up in a fallen state until we became born again. So now our mind has to go through a transformation. There has to have a, a transformation. We're saved. Our spirit is saved, right? But our soul is still being saved. That's the part that we have to work out with fear and trembling, okay? But it makes it easier when you know the different slick suggestions of the enemy and how he tries to play with your mind. And how he tries to get you to follow after your immediate desires and those things that the flesh craves. Instead of saying no and resisting, according to James 4 and 7, uh, James 4 and 7 says, resist the enemy and he will flee from you, right? So if you're doing these things and, 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 and you're resisting, guess what? The enemy don't really have a fighting chance. Because the Bible says if you resist him, he will flee. And that includes his thoughts. That includes his imagination, illicit imaginations that he may send you. Uh, a temptation to, um, to tell a lie. Temptation to gossip. Temptation to be malicious. 
temptation to, to slander someone. Let me tell you, slander is every time you open your mouth about somebody and those words that you are speaking about that individual, whether they, whether they are, while they are absent. If those words are not edifying and building of that person, you are operating in slander. Don't even fall for like the old people say they would call with a, a, um, a fake prayer request. Next thing you know, they gossiping about an individual talking about people business and all that. Listen, if you're not talking about someone to uplift and to devise a plan with the person you talking about, uh, to, about the other person, there should be a plan or a prayer at the end of that call for the person who you are communicating about for it not to fall under slander and gossip. Because if we're not doing anything with this information to move forward, then we're sitting here and we're passing time, we're wasting time, and we're entertaining gossip and we're entertaining slander. And God says that that shall not be. Right? We have to take note and have to understand that the enemy takes note of repeated failures. When he sees you fall for a temptation, he takes that note and you can count on it that he will bring the same temptation right back around in your life until you fall again. Right? While doing that, he's devising malicious plans that seem so convincing, right? To keep you in a fallen state. That's when thoughts have become a stronghold in your life when then you start to struggle with things right you have the want and the will to stop doing certain behaviors and, and certain things right but it's like you can't find that willpower to for it to last okay and that's what's going on it's just those that temptation has created a thought pattern and because you've entertained it for so long now it has become a stronghold but we have a god who can break strongholds my god um he charts the areas in your life where you suffer repeated weaknesses and temptation okay and listen these are some of the examples of the fruits now once you see this that means that the stronghold has already taken place in a person's mind anytime you see addiction Okay, addiction is the fruit. Addiction is the fruit. The fact that someone is struggling and can't let it go, that is the fruit of the stronghold, which is the strong thought pattern in that individual's mind. And we can see this in alcoholism. We can see it in eating disorders. We can see it in drug addiction, pornography addiction, just to name a few. These are things that people struggle with. And guess what? They are common. You are not the only one. They are common to man. And God says any man who says he is without sin is a whole lie. They're a whole lie. Everybody struggles with something, right? But there is deliverance. Glory to God. There is deliverance. And sometimes we don't know what we struggle with going forward until we've been put in certain situations. So it's easy to say, oh, that's not my issue at this moment right now. But you don't know what life could bring that can alter your decisions, right? And cause you to be tempted to seek pleasure in things outside of God. Life can get that bad, right? So we're not judging anybody. We're not looking down on anybody because this is a real thing and it is a real battle. Because we have a real enemy to fight. The devil is alive. Um, this is the battleground now where the individual wills to do what is right, yet the flesh overpowers that will by insisting to have its way through heightening now. This is what the flesh is doing. It's insisting to have its way in this moment, and it is heightening the appetite and desire of itself. The flesh is heightening the appetite and desire of itself. That's called urges. When you feel an urge to do something or an urge for something to feel something or touch something or see something, guess what? That's what's going on inside. The flesh is heightening itself, its appetite. And its desire of its own self. Okay? 
as an impulse, as an urge. And if you are not sober-minded, if you struggle in the area of wherever this your flesh is heightening in appetite, if you do not have a solid um, self-discipline, it's a probability you will fall. Righteous man falls seven times. That's how we fall. Because the body insists on having its way and we answer to the body instead of the spirit. The Lord says, whoever you answer to is your master. So if you continuously find yourself answering your flesh, you are not in control. Your flesh is in control of you. And your flesh is your master. And the Bible says to sow after the flesh is death. And to sow after the spirit is life. The flesh is always contrary to the spirit. The flesh understands that it has to die one day. That it will go to the ground one day. The flesh has nothing to lose. Because it is in a fallen state. So therefore it is ignorant to the things of God. But us who know right from wrong. We have been given freedom and a free will. God says I have put two paths in front of you. Life and death. Choose life. That's the word. So we have a free will to decide who we answer to. If we answer to the spirit, therefore, guess what? The spirit is our master. Jesus is our Lord. We have the mind of Christ. But if we constantly answer to the flesh, then we have chosen for our flesh to be our master. Amen. Now listen to this. Because we all struggle, we need help. We need help. And it's only God's word that's going to be able to help us in this struggle against temptation. Because the battle, guess what, is about, um, it's, it's spirit and flesh. That's the real battle, okay? Matthew 26 and 41 says this, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He's telling you right here. Remember when the disciples asked Jesus, well, how are we supposed to pray? And Jesus said, pray like this. And the prayer we've been saying since we were little kids and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is a real thing. You have to pray to not be led into temptation. Your lack of prayer life is an open door for your um, for you to continually fall into temptation. Amen. This right here, Matthew 26 and 41 was written right after Jesus came out of the Garden of Gethsemane when he asked the disciples to pray. And when Jesus came back after the bloodshed and tears, he was crying and sweating um, and had received the Lord's will to go and give his life on the cross, he came back and noticed, guess what? The disciples are sleeping. The same ones that were supposed to be praying. And what does Jesus tell them? I need y'all to pray and watch that you may not enter into temptation. So temptation is slick. It knows to come whenever you are tired. When you are sleepy, you are tempted. Amen? Temptations are timed. That's my next topic. They are timed. We understand that right now that temptations are strategic. Okay? They come at you in the area. They're aimed at your weakest area. Temptations are tailored, fitting to the individual. Okay? It keep the, the, the enemy keeps a record of every... Every area you keep falling is tailored for you, for all of us. And we need to know that temptations are time. They're time. Luke 4 and 13 says, when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him for an opportune time. That's Jesus. After he endured all the temptations in the wilderness. The Bible says that when the devil had all finished all his tempting, he tempted him with uh uh, turning the stone into bread, jumping off a cliff, you know, all those those three temptations said that he left him for an opportune time. Say, bow down and worship me. I'll give you the kingdom of the world. All these temptations. 
He left for an opportune time. The enemy is always looking for an opportune time to bring temptation into your life. The time where you are most weakest to fall. Okay? It's counted. When you're at your weakest, when you're most vulnerable, when you're hungry for anything, whatever it is, for notoriety or whatever, fame, food, whatever you're hungry for, right? He comes when you're uncertain about something, temptation, when you're alone, especially when you're alone, okay? Especially when you are alone. Guess what else he comes? He's so perfect. At any state of an emergency, here comes temptation. Here comes panic. Let's hurry up and do this. Oh my God, let me do this. Right? At the, any state of emergency, there's temptation is right there. Waiting and watching and praying on the weak. Okay? At the point of change. He comes in right at the point of a change. Oh, I just lost my job. What I'm going to do now. My rent is due. I got to do something quick. Right? I owe these people. I got to do something quick. Temptation comes at a specific time. He, he watches for the opportune time to tempt us. Okay? Now, even though God doesn't tempt, he allows it and provides a way out. Temptation lures us to temporal things. To quick fixes. To empty pleasures. Things of the world. Outside of God. That is his purpose. What a blessing to have a God. Guess what? Who weighs out each temptation. Temptations are weighed out. How do we know that? Because God said he will not let us be tempted. More and beyond what we can bear. The origins of temptation. Listen. I'm going to wrap this up. Temptations are slick suggestions of temptation are strategic and timed at the perfect opportunity of weaknesses. These suggestions promise a false sense of reality. They are tailored to entice, lure the individual into practicing the evil desire. They are tailored to entice and lure the individual into practicing the evil desire. That's when it becomes sin. When you entertain the temptation and begin to practice the desire. It suggests plans and strategies. Through reasoning with a goal of the individual continuing and com committing and continuing the act. Temptation will only suggest what you already desire. Psalms 37 and 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The issue is desire. Therefore, desires need to be measured against the word of the Lord to know which desires are evil and which desires are not. So we are we learn in here that there's fleshly desires versus spiritual desires and desires is the root that temptation grows from. It begins with your own desire on the inside. That's that gives him the ground to, to play with, you know, with your mind. He goes on what you like. Everybody don't like the same thing. No one can tempt me with um, a crack cocaine because I don't like crack cocaine. But you may can tip, tempt me with a piece of chicken if I'm trying to do a fast or something because I love food. So, and, and I struggle with weight loss. So that's the area where I'm most weakest. That's where my flesh, where I continually to keep falling because that is the, the fruit of, of weight gain is a result of the area that I'm struggling in. So whatever area you're struggling in, that's the fruit. That's the fruit right there of the continuous fall in your life. And that's the area where God is trying to come in, right? So there is hope for us. 
There is hope. Hebrews 4 and 12 says that the word of God is living and it is powerful and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even in the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. And guess what? It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We are to be alert and aware of our thoughts and our intentions. If what we intend, pay attention to this, is solely gratif gratifying only our flesh and not the spirit, it's an evil desire. It brings God no glory or it brings only glory to self. Okay? Even with our selfish ambitions. I don't know why I would say that. But even in the area of trying to build something or dealing with your purpose, if it's not glorifying the Lord, if it's not serving his purpose of edifying the kingdom, if it's not serving outside of you, then that is a selfish ambition. Okay? Um, I lost my place. Wait. Okay, we should measure our thoughts, imaginations, and action in relation to the word of God. Lack of knowledge of the word is an open door for temptation to lead you in the path of your own understanding instead of faith. I'm going to say that again. Lack of knowledge of the word is an open door for temptation to lead you into a path of your own understanding when God has clearly said to lean not to your own understanding. God has clearly said that my people perish for lack of knowledge. Most of us struggle and suffer in the area of ignorance. Something that you don't know. A lot of times the enemy is ruling and reigning in your life because you are either misinformed about something or not informed about something because of what you don't know. What you don't know will hurt, okay? It will hurt you because you'll struggle with it over and over because you don't have any knowledge of it. Knowledge is what brings confidence. Knowledge is what brings an awareness to a situation or an issue, okay? Um, when we are intentional, we are alert and aware of what we are thinking about. We have to understand that the enemy lurks for those who are sleeping, those who are unaware. Practicing mindfulness on the word in the areas of weaknesses and difficulty allows, allows the individual to dominate the and dismiss slick suggestions of temptation the moment they arrive. I'm going to say it again. Practicing mindfulness Meditation on the word in the area of weakness. Okay? Meditate on the word of God. If the areas you are weak, the areas you are struggling, I'm telling you, find the word of God that's and, and tailor it to your circumstance. Tailor it to your struggle. There is a word for everything. I'm telling you. There is no temptation out there that's not common to man. Anything you are dealing with, God has already spoken about that situation. There is a word for it. So when you meditate on that word, you find that word seeking, you will find, right? So you find that word that deals with your issue, right? You meditate on that word. You get it down in your spirit. You recite it to yourself. You think about that word. I don't care if you have to look up every word in the scripture to get full meaning of what you read, right? Let that word, meditate on that word. And guess what? You will be able to dominate and dismiss slick suggestions of temptation the moment they arrive. Because it's going to come at an opportune time when you least expect it. But you will already be, already be ready. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will remind you of things that God has already said in that moment. In, that, in the moment of temptation, the Holy Spirit tells you what to say. Where you don't just go in the moment and heat in the moment flying off, saying anything out of your mouth subconsciously. You are aware of your thoughts. 
You are in control of what comes in and out, what comes out of your mouth, right? Because we're snared by the words of our mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So a lot of times we're tempted to just say uh, 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 negative things. We're tempted to easily just uh, uh, curse our own self. Blessings and curses shouldn't come out of the same mouth. And that's not talking about profanity. Yes, profanity is filthy language. We're talking about cursing like, oh, I ain't going to never be nothing. Or this ain't going to never work. Or here I go again. This ain't going to never end. Every time I look around, it's this. Right? Temptation to be... To, to not let go of the past. Temptation to hold on to old things. When God has already set you free. Temptation. Slick. Subtle. Designed to keep you down. Designed to keep your mind locked away from freedom and abundance and everything that God said that you can have. Subtle and slick. Manipulations. Lies from the enemy. He needs to be stopped. And it's the word of God that stops him. The word of God is what stops him. Amen. Practicing mindfulness, meditation on the word in the area of weakness and difficulty allows you to dominate and dismiss the slick suggestions of temptation the moment they arrive. Using the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to combat every lie and illusion. Using the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to combat every lie and illusion. Okay, second Corinthians two and five. Guess what? He tells us we are to cast down imaginations, lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God. And guess what else we're supposed to do? Take every thought into captivity to obey Christ. Every thought in our mind is supposed to come into captivity to obey Christ. Christ. That means that we need to be thinking about what we're thinking about. We need to think about what we're thinking about. That's called mind control. That's mind control. I'm not going to let my mind, uh, my flesh just influence my mind to, and, and I just do whatever subconsciously my mind just tell me to do. It's like I don't have no control. No, 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 no. My spirit is in control I'm the one on the inside of this body. I'm the one going to say what it's going to be and what it's not going to be. Your, my body not about to tell me what it's going to be. Because I have the understanding that my body is trying to drive me into the ground. My body don't care where it goes. My body don't care what it eats. My body doesn't care because it's ignorant to the things of God. It is in opposition to the things of God. So my spirit has to rise up and take rule and allow Christ to dominate because it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives on the inside of me, right? But if I don't yield to that, then therefore my, my flesh is what's in control. And what is the expected end of that? Two paths, life and death. It's nothing in the middle. It's nothing in the middle. James 1, 12 through 14, glory to God. I'm going to close with this. Blessings, great blessings belong to those who are tempted and remain faithful. After they have proved their faith, God will give them reward of eternal life. God promised this to all people who love him. Glory to God. So listen. Whenever you feel tempted to do something, you should not say that God is tempting me. God cannot be tempted by evil and God himself does not tempt anyone. You, we are tempted by our own evil fleshly desires that trap us and lead us away to astray down a whole nother path that seems right. <laughs> that part. The way that seems right. Because remember, a mastermind is not about to trip you up in an obvious way. Manipulation is not about to come for you in a way that you're going to say, oh, that's manipulation. No, 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 no. God says there is a way that seems right to men. But that way leads to destruction. And that's how much of a mastermind he is.
right? He'll take you down a road that seems to be right, that make you feel like you right, and you dead wrong. How do you know that? Well, you don't know until you measure it against the word of God. Because God says for us to acknowledge him in all our ways, and he will direct our paths. So if we're not doing that, that means that we are walking by our own understanding and not by the understanding of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Acknowledge him in all thy ways, me in everything. In everything, in every thought. Every thought that's coming to my mind, I'm supposed to be doing something with that thought. God has given me a sound mind, meaning self-control, mind control, that I control my thoughts. I get to control my thoughts. I get to say what stays in my mind and what has to go. I don't care if it's an illicit, nasty, dirty thought or a thought of jealousy or a thought of um, embarrassment or a thought of insecurity, right? A perverted thought. Get those two, right? But they got to go. You can't just stay up in my head like that. You have to go. Right. And that's how I know that my Holy Spirit works. I know that the Holy Spirit is working in me because I am aware of these thoughts. And sometimes I'd be like, dang, why did I think that? I rebuke that in Jesus name. Well, I remember a time where I never would even ask myself, why did I think that? I would just do what I thought. Right. I'll just say anything that comes to mind. Now I'm conscious. Now I'm aware. We have been awakened. We have understanding. We have conviction from the Holy Ghost, right? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I think that's it for today. Um, but I just want to encourage y'all to practice mindfulness. Like, just becoming more aware of the things that you're thinking about like just pay attention usually whenever you're doing something like automatic like driving or uh folding clothes or washing dishes or just something that you do on automatic mode listen you will be able to hear your thoughts so clear and so crisp and you'll be able to decipher what's god what's you and obviously what is the enemy okay um, and the, the part that's hard to kind of determine is when it's either you or God, right? But that's where you use the word of God to measure what you're thinking, right? And if there's anything that you're wanting to do, measure it against the word of God because it will let you know what's of the spirit and what is not, okay? For reference, um, Philippians 4 and 8. It's a great study guide for mindfulness. Um, let's see. Let me pull up this other scripture. I want y'all to uh, read on that too. I'm telling you, the more you read and study the word of God, some of y'all fighting in your own strength. That's why you're struggling because you're trying to do it on your own strength and you can't. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to do it for you. And it's he's going to do it through the word of God. You have to study. Um, let's see. Hold on. So Philippians 4 and 8. And then I want y'all to um, look at also to Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. I will read that whole chapter though, to be honest. And also too, whenever y'all studying your word, listen, um, try reading the whole chapter of the, the verse that you're reading because it gives you context for what you're reading and a deeper understanding sometimes. So 2 Corinthians in chapter 10 and also to James 4 and 7. Those are um, just a few scriptures that will help you in the battle against um, temptation. Okay, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And then, and put that in the chat for me, please, Quaylan. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Philippians chapter 4. 
Um, let's see what else I had on him. And listen to me real quick. Psalms 37 and 4. Um, I love 37 and 4 real quick. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you delight yourself in God, he gives you desires of heart. I used to think, because I used to hear this all the time, God going to give you the desires of your heart. God going to give you the desires of your heart. Um, But the beginning of that verse says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Meaning your desires should start to change once you delight yourself in God. You no longer have those evil desires ruling and reigning in abundance in your mind. You now have spiritual desires, godly desires in your mind. But it is the Lord who has given you those desires. Amen. Um, you didn't hear the scriptures? Okay, it's um, so, uh, Philippians 4 and 8. I don't know if I can type this while I'm Philippians 4 and 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Hebrews 4 and 12. And 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Amen. Okay. Well, Lord God, we just thank you for this time on this morning, Lord. I thank you for every vessel that showed up to listen and those who are to come, Lord God, and those who um, could, who wanted to make it and couldn't, Lord God. Um, we just give you all the glory for this, Lord God. I pray that I uh, discussed everything as clear as I could. Um, where your uh, hearers, Lord God, could where what, what, what I said could take root, Lord God, in their hearts, Lord God, as they heard. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity, Lord God, to just even be a present um, help to those who are in need, Lord God, like you are to us, God. We just thank you, Lord God, and we honor you for all of our talents, abilities, and gifts, Father God. And Father God, I just pray, Lord God, for every individual, Lord God. There is someone, Father God, many of us, Lord God, who are struggling with temptation, Lord God. We're like Paul. We have a will to do what's right. We we want to do what's right and what pleases you, Lord God, but there is a battle in our flesh, Lord God. We're trying in our own strength, Father God, to shake this, God. We don't want to be like this father god we're looking over our life and seeing where we were father god and we're seeing how this addiction lord god this this temptation lord god whatever it is lord god has come in and brought a change in our lives father god and we can see the fruit father because we're struggling Lord God, and we just ask, Lord God, that you will come in, Lord God. Lord God, that you will touch, that you will heal and deliver, Lord God. Lord, your word says that is there an intercessor, Lord God, someone who can stand in the gap, Lord God, and pray, Father God, on behalf of those, Lord God, who may not even know how to pray for themselves, Father God. So we stand in agreement, Lord God, as intercessors, Lord God, and we lift up every person, Lord God, including ourselves, Father, who are battling with temptation, Lord God battling with addiction, Lord God, battling with any type of spirit, Lord God, that is not of you, Lord God. Father, we come against it now in the name of Jesus, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are pulling every root, Lord God, that you're slamming every door, Lord God, to sin and temptation, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that our faith is rooted in you, Lord God, and that we can do all things, Lord God, through your strength, Lord God, through the strength that you give us, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that our salvation, Lord God, and our deliverance, Lord God, is a work of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord God, we understand, Lord God, that we have to yield to your spirit, Lord God. But we understand that there is a work going on on the inside of us, Lord God, through the Holy Spirit that no man should boast, Lord God. We thank you for this work, Lord God. We thank you that our minds are being transformed, Lord God, daily, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that there are new mercies every day. We thank you for your grace, God. And we repent, Lord God, for taking your grace in vain. We repent, Lord God, for continuously, Lord God, God, 
falling and entertaining, Lord God, temptations, Lord God, and desires of the flesh, Lord God, that bring you, you know, displeasure, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that you have not judged us as our sins deserve, God. You have not punished us as our sins deserve, God. So we thank you, Lord God, and we repent, Lord God, today and this day, Lord God, and we turn away from evil. We turn away from wickedness, Lord God, those things that are displeasing to you, Father. We pray, Holy Ghost, that you will illuminate in the name of Jesus. Every thought, every illusion, every imagination in our mind that goes against the Spirit of God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, according to your word, God, we will take captive these thoughts, Lord God. We will cast them down, Lord God, and cause them to come under the obedience of you, Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that we have the mind of Christ, Lord God. We thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we honor you and we give you glory, Father God. All the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all have a wonderful Bless day on today. Remember, practice mindfulness. Be aware of your thoughts. Think about what you're thinking about. We have an enemy that is close. We have an enemy that is aware. We have an enemy that is strategic, right? We, we know these things about our enemy. So we need to be on guard and we need to be aware and alert at all times. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you and have a blessed day.